IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy. It's been nearly nonstop action for the NTT IndyCar Series for the past five weekends, including the 106th Indianapolis 500 on May 29, followed by road trips to the streets of Detroit and this past weekend at Road America. Finally, IndyCar's drivers and crews get a break with two weekends off before the season resumes with the July 3rd Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio. That gives the drivers a chance to clear the haze of a very busy point of the season before returning for five races in July. As IndyCar heads into a brief summer break, Pit Pass Indy has exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in the series. This week's episode starts off with Sanzio Grand Prix at Road America winner Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske. It was Newgarden's third win of the season, and by scoring victories on an oval, street course, and road course this season, it was also worth an additional $1 million bonus in the People Ready Force for Good for Charity and his team. The $1 million will be split between Newgarden and Team Penske, with the two charities of Newgarden's choice, Wags and Walks of Nashville, and Serious Fun Children's Network. It was Newgarden's 22nd career victory, which ties him with Tommy Milton for 19th on the all-time victory list. Alexander Rossi of Andretti Autosport started on the pole and led the first 15 laps. That is when the lead two cars in the field, Rossi's number 27 Honda and Newgarden's number two Chevrolet, came into the pits together for the first stop. Newgarden had the last pit on pit road, which meant the first on pit out. Rossi's pit area was six pit boxes behind. Although Rossi got a quick pit stop, Newgarden's was quicker, and by beating Rossi onto the track, he was in the lead and in control of the race. Rossi would lead just one more lap after that pit sequence. Newgarden would lead 26 laps in the 55-lap race, the most of any driver in the contest, including the final 13 laps. Newgarden's number two Chevrolet finished 3.3710 seconds ahead of Marcus Erickson's number eight Husky Chocolate Honda. Newgarden is third in the standings, 32 points behind the leader, Marcus Erickson. I caught up with Newgarden after his big win at Road America for this Pit Pass Indy exclusive interview. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Joseph Newgarden, winner of the Sancio Grand Prix at Road America, which comes with a $1 million bonus from People Ready. 
Joseph, more importantly, the victory is your third of the season, but also getting that million-dollar bonus has got to be a big deal to you. Oh, it's massive. I, you know, I, I kept forgetting that that was on the line, you know, mostly because you're just so focused on winning the race uh, outright. You know, that's the real motivation when you show up to a track is, is to win the race, to get the points, and to, to finish first as a team. But to have that, um, you know, that extra bonus is pretty special, and it's going to make a big difference for the charities that we're supporting in Serious Fun Children's Network and Wags and Walks out of Nashville. So I'm very pleased, you know, good car today and, and happy to cap it off. So for our listeners, why did you choose those two charities and what do they do? Uh, I mean, they're the closest charities that we have to, to us as far as, you know, personally. Um, I've been involved with Serious Fun Children's Network for a little while since they were, you know, re-engaged with IndyCar. They have a deep history with, with IndyCar racing, with Paul Newman founding the charity in the 80s with the Hole in the Wall Gang camp. Um, and so Serious Fun Children's Network, it's a network of camps, 30-plus camps worldwide now where they provide free of charge camp for kids and their families that aren't able to both afford camp and, you know, physically be able to go to camp. There's a lot of kids that have uh, serious illnesses that just don't have the opportunity to be kids. And Paul, Paul Newman really started this to allow kids just to be kids. So um, it's a really special, uh, special bit of work that they do for, for children that are in these circumstances that need it. And then Wags and Walks out of Nashville is a, uh, a dog rescue that we actually rescued our dog from um, in Nashville uh, a year and a half ago, Axel. And uh, they do tremendous work. It started out of L.A. and now it's out of um, this chapter's out of uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And they uh, they rescue. I think they rescued over 500 dogs last year. So it's just uh, a lot of work that they do. And this money's going to go a long way. What kind of dog is Axel? You know, Axel is a mutt. Um, he's got all sorts of stuff going on with his breed, but he's uh, he's mostly like a terrier uh, shepherd. He's got shepherd terror in him. Um, super smart. Uh, great, great, <laughs> great little man and fits uh, really well in our family. Did you name him after Axel Rose? Not after. It's a little play on racing. You know, we used Axel as the, not like a car Axel, but it, we thought that, you know, that um, that tie into the racing world was, was kind of neat. We, we liked the name, but it wasn't after Axel Rose. You started on the front row next to Alexander Rossi. He had a pretty good start where he staked his way down, but it was that first pit stop that you were able to get out ahead of him. How important was that? I mean, that became the pivot point or the, you know, the pivotal point in the race for us. And, and I felt like, you know, if it, if it wasn't that point, it was going to be at some other area. I felt like we could do something either in another pit stop or pass him on an outlap or an in-lap situation. But we were going to make something work and, um, you know, ultimately came down to the team giving me the opportunity. And that's that's precisely what they did. They put me in position and I just tried to close the deal. You're the only multi winner of the season, three victories. Everybody else has one. How have you been able to find victory lane three times where the other guys are still fighting for it? Um, I would just, you know, we're in a good, we're in a good program right now in the two car. And I think team Penske as a whole is firing on all cylinders. And, you know, we're, we're all capable of doing that, I think on our team. But it's difficult in this championship to, to get multiple wins. And, you know, we're just uh, trying to watch after our own program and, and maximize what we have. And, you know, we're only halfway through it. So let's see how it takes shape uh, to end the year. At the moment, Marcus Erickson has a 25-point lead over Will Power in the battle for the championship. You're, I believe, 30 points back. You have to feel like you're in great uh, contention for what would be your Third NTT series. I feel positive about what we're doing. You know, I think we've got a good opportunity to challenge these guys, and, you know, we've got to stay on it. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, staying 
staying in our lane, focusing on our program is what's going to make the difference. And, and we're very, very focused on that. The pit stop where you got out ahead of Alex, how important was that? And if you could just take us through how that pit stop worked to where you were able to get the edge once you got beat him out of pit lane, you pretty much controlled the dynamic of the race at that point. Well, they must have been really quick. I mean, I came in right on the gearbox of, of Rossi, so it wasn't going to take much. It just needed a cleaner stop and a clear out, and I think that's probably what made the difference today. So now you're tied with Tommy Milton on the all-time victory list. You're starting to achieve some great names here that you've won as many races as. I was sitting there thinking, when you get to the 40-win mark, that seems to be where the best of the best, the legends. Do you believe you have another 20, 21 victories in your career? I don't know. We'll have to see. You know, hopefully I have the opportunities uh, that I've been given. So I've been given great opportunities up to this point. And if those continue, I don't see why we can't get there. But you just don't know what the future holds. So hopefully. Well, you've got the team. You've got the car. Your age is in your favor. So you have to feel like it could be a pretty good chance that you could achieve the high 30s maybe even hit the 40 mark. Maybe, yeah. Let's see. Let's see how far we can go. And wrap it up here with Joseph Newgarden, winner of the Sancio Grand Prix at Road America. Been a very grueling month, five weeks of the season. Ever since the beginning of May, it's been fairly nonstop. Two weekends off, although there will be a test at Iowa. And then the season reconvenes, 4th of July weekend at Mid-Ohio, the Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio. So how important is the off weekend at this point? I think it's good for everybody, good for the crews, good for anybody that's, you know, working in this paddock. Everyone needs a break. Uh, the, the grind of the month of May is real. Everybody feels it. doesn't matter what your position is. You're, you're certainly feeling it coming into Detroit and then out of Road America. You're just sort of uh, clearing the haze, I think. But uh, everybody needs the break, and we'll, we'll come back really recharged when we, uh, when we get to mid-Ohio. And since you've won a million dollars from people ready, is there a Dr. Evil episode coming up on Bus Bros? We'll have to see, Bruce. Um, it's very possible. A million dollars is serious business. And, uh, you know, to be able to achieve that is uh, very Dr. Evil-esque. Well, he was certainly Dr. Evil-esque on the racetrack today as he cruised to victory. Joseph Newgarden, Team Penske, congratulations on the big win here at Road America. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. Our next two guests were actually involved in a collision with each other early in the Sanzio Grand Prix. It's Chip Ganassi racing teammates Marcus Erickson and Alex Pillow. It happened on lap three and left Pillow's number 10 American Legion Honda buried in the turn five gravel pit. Pillow was upset afterwards and said, quote, I think everybody saw that. I think he was trying to win the race on the third lap and the car broke. That's it. Game over. I was surprised that my teammate hit me. It's a single seater, and if you have a hard hit like that, it will break. We can play that game too, so we'll see. Pelot's Honda was able to be repaired and returned to the track. He finished last of the 27-car field, 19 laps down. Pelot is fifth in the standings, 47 points behind Erickson, the points leader. Pillow was upset with the move at the time, but he's back to being his jovial self as he assesses the rest of the season and his battle for the championship in this Pit Pass Indy exclusive interview. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is the defending NTT IndyCar Series champion, Alex Pillow of Chip Ganassi Racing. Alex, after Road America, two weekends off. 
How bad do you and the team need that? I think everybody needs uh, a break. I love racing. I would race every day if I could. But to be honest, it's it's hard on the team. Like going race to race to race to race. It's been like five weeks that we had non-stop with the Indy 500, the qualifying week, and all that stuff. So I think it's going to be good for everybody. It gives us time to refocus, get back to work, and hopefully be even stronger than we are at the moment. Um, so I'm looking forward, but I would like only one weekend over. Uh, like one it's enough but after the break is over it's going to be a fourth of july weekend race at mid ohio followed by another off weekend then a double header at iowa on a short oval then the second grand prix at the indianapolis motor speedway so if anything the month of july is going to be just as hectic for you guys so how do you get yourself ready for that because that's going to be key moment to this help determine the championship yeah absolutely it's gonna be it's gonna be super busy but uh having as you said two weeks off it's gonna allow us to just race for two three days and then refocus and prepare in advance those races because while we are going from one track to the other we cannot really prepare a lot so um it's gonna be fun i like when we have back-to-back races i think this this season's calendar it's been a bit more uh condensed than it was last year uh, at least it feels like we go to five consecutive racetracks or like three or four it's a lot more busy i think for for everybody but it's been fun so far we've been able to manage the uh the busyness and hopefully we can make it happen at the end of the season how demanding are those back-to-back daytime races at iowa speedway gonna be that's tough i mean it's a really tough track because it's super short it's super fast it's always super warm i don't know uh, how the temperature it's going to be but for the drivers crews and uh, all the fans it's going to be tough um, but uh, it's it's challenging and that's what we like as well it's uh, it's a good challenge if we can make a difference by being more prepared physically or mentally to our competitors we'll take it what about mid-ohio do you like the best i really like the atmosphere in mid-ohio um seeing all the campers seeing everybody there staying really late night um and i don't know the people that go there they are uh super open and always cheering for us obviously about the track it's an amazing track uh really high speed corners and it goes like uh especially sector two that it's you go from one corner to the other to the other if you don't nail the first one you're gonna have about four or five corners in a row so um i'm excited to go back there as well we had uh we had good results but never a win so your full-time sponsor is ntt data but from time to time you do drive for the american legion and on a fourth of july weekend where independence day is so important to the members of the legion how important of a weekend is that for you with your connection with the american legion yeah it's amazing uh we've had more uh, more races with the American Legion that uh, we expected at the beginning of the season, which is great. I think we're seeing the, the impact that we're having and all the fans with the trailers they bring every every racetrack. I think it's it's really good. And obviously for me personally, it's amazing. Fourth of July, running the American Legion car, I'm going to have lots of guests uh, that I'm going to be able to meet. Uh, really important really important people and it's always a privilege for me so hopefully we can put the cherry on top with uh with a big result there during the two-week break are you going to get to go anywhere 
uh, no, no, I'm not going to go back home. Um, I'll stay here, which I don't have a house anymore in Spain. But, uh, I'll stay here. I don't know if I'll go maybe somewhere that it's warm, but I saw that it's going to be warm. Uh, and I'll probably stay there and prepare for, for what's next. And then how demanding is the short oval at Iowa Speedway? Super demanding. I only done uh, the double header as well in 2020, my first year in IndyCar. And I remember it was super tough. Also mentally, it's mentally exhausting because... You have to be so concentrated. It's really high speed, but we run super close one to the other. Uh, it's super demanding with two or even three driving lines. So it's exciting, but demanding at the same time. And then going back to the IMS road course for a second time this season, seems to, uh, the fact that it's on the same weekend as an NASCAR race, how cool is that for you as a competitor to maybe get a chance to see that style of racing and some of the big names from the United States that compete in NASCAR? I think it's an amazing weekend for both NASCAR and, and IndyCar. Uh, for the fans as well, or maybe more for the fans, because they can enjoy both uh, series and maybe discover something that they never knew that they would like. Um, so it's super good for us. Hopefully we get some new fans. And for the drivers, it's amazing. I think I, me as a driver, I enjoy always when I see big cars. And wrapping up here with Alex Pelot of uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, how do you see yourself currently in the battle for the a second NTT IndyCar Series Championship? It's tough. It's close. We saw that uh, it's still quite early. We've done a lot of races, but still we're not on uh, on the mid of the, of the season yet. So um, we've been doing the work we needed. Um, so what we need to do is continue delivering, continue always getting the 100% of what we have, myself and the team, and, and that's going to put us in the hunt for the second championship. I think we, we're strong um, and we just need to deliver. So I, I feel really lucky to be able to uh, have double chance uh, and be able to fight for another championship. Alex Below, good luck the rest of the season in your battle for the championship. Thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you so much. Next up is my interview with Marcus Erickson, the winner of the 106th Indianapolis 500. After finishing second at Road America, Erickson has a 27-point lead over Team Penske's Will Power heading into the break. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is the winner of the 106th Indianapolis 500. It's Marcus Erickson, driver of the number eight Husky Chocolate Honda for Chip Ganassi Racing. Well, it's been a couple of weeks now since you won the Indy 500. How has life changed since then? Uh, it's been a bit more busy than uh, than usual, that's for sure. Uh, haven't really had time to sort of sit down and then think much about it, but uh, I like the way you presented me to the program here, so that's, uh, that's definitely a difference compared to a few weeks ago. Well, you get to be introduced that way for the rest of your life. That is pretty cool, yeah. That's pretty amazing. So the fact that that's a title that will stay with you for the rest of your life, you know, that's, that's fairly historic. And I don't know whether that's something you realize when you win that race. You know, from now on, every time you have a introduced to a crowd or anything, it's going to be Indy 500 winner. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, that's one of the coolest things with, with the whole win, actually. Now, I'm sure there's another title you want to also earn this year, and that would be NTT IndyCar Series champion. So... Sitting as you are today, how do you feel you are in position 
to challenge for the championship in 2022? I think we're in a good place. Like I said, you know, it's been a while. I think 2010 is the last time someone won the 500 and the championship, which is a bit crazy when you think about it. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, if you look back the last 12 months, we've been, I think we've been the top scorer in the championship. If you do the championship from Detroit to Detroit last year. So we've been really strong. Uh, Obviously, it's it's more competitive than ever in the IndyCar. I think there is, you know, the top six in the championship is really close. And even behind that, there's some really good drivers and cars, you know, so it's going to be a tough one, but we're definitely in the mix and it's definitely our, our target to, to win that championship. I'll throw a statistic at you that I bet you even didn't know. Even though the yellow light was on for just the last two corners of the race for you, of Chip Ganassi's five IndyCar victories, four of them have finished under yellow. Yeah, there you go. I, I didn't know that. Didn't know that. The only one to finish under green was Juan Pablo Montoya in 2000. But, <laughs> I mean, as a driver, you did all you could to win that race. And I remember you telling me after the race, you thought when that yellow light came on, you were going to have to do another restart. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe like, it. <laughs> no, they only do that in NASCAR. <laughs> but having um, gone through all that, I mean, is it still a bit of a blur to you? Yeah, I mean, I've rewatched the end of that race a few times, for sure. Uh, it's, it's pretty special. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I'm very proud of the way we, we did the whole month of May and, and executed that race to perfection. So uh, it's definitely, yeah, it's always going to be with me. And, and I've, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to relive and try and rewatch those last couple of laps many times throughout my life. <laughs> You're going to get two weekends off. What do you plan on doing with them? Uh, trying to get some time off, maybe go somewhere uh, with my girlfriend to sort of uh, relax a little bit and then hopefully get back to Sweden for a few days to see some friends and family there. And, you know, it's been big news in Sweden since the win, so that would also be good. Uh, but, yeah, we also want to go testing in Iowa. That's, I think most of the grid will be there. So there is, you know, a little bit of a break, but it's still going to be busy. So, um, yeah, but then we're going to regroup for the second half of the season. Yeah. Beginning in Mid-Ohio, how do you like that track? I love it. You know, it's one of those, you know, beautiful road courses we go to this uh, this season. And I had a really strong race there last year, finishing second, hunting down Joseph for the win uh, the last few laps there. So that would be, be good. Indianapolis 500 winning driver Marcus Erickson of Chip Ganassi Racing. Good luck the rest of the season. Good luck fighting for the championship. And thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. 
And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Welcome back to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy. Our next guest is Renus VK, driver of the number 21 Chevrolet at Ed Carpenter Racing. VK missed last year's race at Road America because of injuries he suffered in a crash on a bicycle while training in Indianapolis. He tells me why he was so excited to be back at Road America in this Pit Pass Indy exclusive interview. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Renus VK, driver of the number 21 direct supply Chevrolet for Ed Carpenter Racing. You're getting a chance to run at Road America this year. You didn't last year because of a bicycle crash that left you injured. I remember talking to you up here last year, how disappointed you were not getting a chance to run up here. What's it going to be like now getting to be able to go back on the track? Oh, yeah. It's, it's very exciting to uh, to run at this place. It's my favorite racetrack. And just this, um, this, this atmosphere, the feeling of the track, it's it's so special. And uh, I really enjoy it. So, yeah, I'm... I'm very excited for practice today. Uh, it's going to be a longer practice than, than we're used to this season, 75 minutes. So that's going to be fun. But as far as race courses go, this is probably as close to a European-style race course as you get to run throughout your career. What is it about this place that you like so much? Uh, well, you can say European-style, but it's still it's catchy. You know, It's uh, something what I like about the U.S. And this track in particular is... It's track, grass, wall. <laughs> so there's there's small room for error. And uh, yeah, it's just, I think uh, the fans, you can you can smell the, the, the grills when you drive coming out of turn seven. And just just the high speed of this track with the, with the trees coming up kind of feels like you're driving into a tunnel. Now, I know there were a lot of high hopes for you with the 106th Indianapolis 500 this year. Starting on the outside of the front row once again, how big a disappointment was it for you that you weren't able to turn that around and contend at the end of the race? And yeah, the race just didn't work out. Yeah, that was disappointing. Uh, of course, it's uh, now we were sitting comfortably in P2, P3 all the time, saving fuel and exactly what I wanted to do. So, yeah, and um, then kaboom, you hit the then, wall. You know, and before I knew it, I was backwards in the wall. So, yeah, it's it's hard and. I felt like it was very sketchy out there uh, this year compared to previous years. So unfortunate, but you know, it's not the only race this season. There's, well, right now there's 10 more races to go. So no time to be sad and just uh, got to work on the next one. How do you describe to a race fan just the violent sensation of hitting the wall at the Indianapolis 500? Because it's got to just, in, in a moment, it's got to just be from, you're running your race, and the next thing you know, whammo. Yeah, it's, um, 
it's it happens fast. You're going fast, and you know nothing was going, nothing. There was no uh, no signs that it was going to break loose the car, so I just turned in, and it just snaps out of nowhere, and then you're in the wall, and really, you know, at those speeds, it like slams the the air out of air out of your lungs. So you're really uh, trying to catch up with breath and hoping nobody will hit you while you're like skidding to the other side of the, of the front uh, backstretch. Speaking of catching your breath, we now have two off weekends before returning to mid-Ohio. How much do you and the team need to catch your breath over the next two weekends? Because it's been quite a grueling stretch. Yeah, uh, definitely a little disappointing few results. But, you know, we've had some bad luck. I've made a few mistakes and, you know, that happens and it all depends on how you how you get over it and what you do to make it make it better so starting over just uh for me this is race one of the season again um of 2022 and uh yeah just you know start with a with a clean clean slate and uh and just have fun and put hard work in looking ahead of mid ohio what is it about that track that you like and do you believe that that's a Another track where you stand a good chance of contending for a win. Yeah, Mid-Ohio is a cool track. Um, just like here, there's not much around, but I think uh, there's just a nicer, um, you know, nice atmosphere in the towns right here. So outside the track in Mid-Ohio, it's, uh, for me, not much to do. But when you get to uh, to the track, you know, it's, it's old school and elevation, big elevation on the track. So uh, it's definitely... It's definitely crazy, and um, you know, I told you this track is there's not much room for error, but there's even less less of that in Mid Ohio. You're from the Netherlands, but does the Independence Day weekend mean a lot to you? Um, well, so we have something similar in the Netherlands, which is uh, the birthday of the king. So uh, we have King's Day. So I know how big it is in the Netherlands uh, to, you know, our Independence Day. So it, it's. It's pretty cool to uh, to be there. And uh, actually, last year at Fourth of July, after the race, I went and had have my first ever s'mores with Will Power and Roman Grosjean after the race at their motorhome. S'mores with Will Power and Roman Grosjean. Yeah. that sounds like quite a uh, <laughs> quite a culinary treat. S'mores there. and brats. That was it. You gotta admit, though, fireworks are always cool. Fireworks are awesome. Yeah. And I'm telling you, what else would be cool to see Renus VK end up in victory lane again this year in the NTT IndyCar Series season. Renus, good luck the rest of the year with Ed Carpenter Racing, and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. Our featured interview is with Pato Award of Arrow McLaren SP. The driver from Monterey, Mexico, is fourth in the standings, 45 points out of the lead. Here is my Pit Pass Indy exclusive interview with Pato Award. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Pato Award of Aero McLaren SP. Pato, you had a pretty good Indy 500, second place finish. I know you wanted to win the race, but now we've got the championship to think about. So what's your attitude and outlook beginning here to close that championship out and give Mexico a NTT IndyCar Series champion? Yeah, man, we, we had a, we've had some really solid results in the past few weeks and looking forward to, to continuing on our, our, uh, our solid points finishes. We're, uh, we're sitting third, I think, in, in the championship. I think uh, 
and just yeah really looking forward to to what's coming with the championship seeming to change leaders after every race when do you see it starting to maybe stabilize a little bit or do you see that trend going all the way to the end of the year yeah i i think uh anybody in the top three top five are gonna have a shot at winning the championship especially right now just and it's like from first to ninth or first to tenth i think it's like 80 points or something uh it's definitely not much. You can claw your way back from that for sure. And someone that's sitting 10th or 9th right now can definitely be in the fight for it. You're a young guy, one of the youngest drivers in the series, but I'm sure even you are looking forward to the next two weekends off because it's been pretty uh, busy five weeks here. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't really have off weekends, though. We're going we're gonna to be busy, busy, busy. I know we're not going to have races, but we're going to be doing a lot, of, uh, a lot of testing, a lot of uh, traveling. So, yeah. I'm going to be nonstop probably until uh, until after Nashville. Are any of those weekends off? Are you going to be keeping an eye on Daniel Suarez, your buddy from Monterey, and how he does in some of the NASCAR races? Uh, of course, man. Uh, we're, we're really good buds, and, 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 and I'm always happy to see him do well. And, 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 and I think it, the, the, the same is re- reciprocated from him to me. And, um, yeah, he's a great guy, and... and, and I'm not quite sure how many more races they have because oh. I know they have like 33 in a yeah, year they, or something. They, they race till like the yeah, first so, or second uh, weekend yeah. of November. Yeah, so, so he's, he's still got a long He's still got plenty of racing to go. To go. Uh, as far, though, as when the series resumes, it'll be at Mid-Ohio. That's a fairly classic road course. What's your attitude on uh, Mid-Ohio? And I'm, I'm excited to go to Mid-Ohio this year. I, um, You know, we've been we've shown pace there. But we've never had a, a good starting position. The best starting position we've had there, I think, is 19th. <laughs> so uh, kind of tough to win for 19th yeah, place. Yeah, we've, we've definitely had our work cut out for us whenever we're we're there, and um, it's just it's an enjoyable place to race in. So I, I'm excited to go back. And then after that, there's another weekend off, and then a double header daytime races at Iowa Speedway, a short oval. How demanding is that going to be? To pretty hot place yeah. out there in the summer. I love Iowa. I'm. Uh, I'm pretty sad that we're not going to race in the night. Um, I think the Iowa night races were what uh, what made that uh, extra special. But um, I've always enjoyed racing there. It's probably some of the best fun I've ever had in a race car. We've never I've, I've hadn't won there in IndyCar. I've been very close, um, but it's just really it's it's fu- it's just a fun place to to race in. Actually, we race at Toronto before we get to Iowa. It's going to be the first time we've raced at Toronto since 2019. You haven't had a chance uh, necessarily to get a chance to get a feeling for that track. What's it going to be to return to Toronto finally after all these years? I love Toronto. Toronto's a fun track. It's bumpy. It's uh, challenging. And uh, I love the city. There's a lot of great food. Um and just really looking forward to to getting back there. We we've we haven't gone in the past two years, so so I think it's really cool that we're gonna be able to do that this year. And the other thing, a lot of people in the United States may not realize, but there's a rather large Hispanic population in Toronto. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully, I see a lot of Pato fans out there. And then uh, returning back to the IMS Road Course after the Iowa weekend. Two races there, weekend with your buddy Daniel Suarez running in the Brickyard, and you'll be running in the IndyCar race. What's your attitude about that weekend and how important that'll be in the battle for the championship? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be very important. We, 
you know, we've raced there once this year. It was a crazy race. Uh, we had the pace to to finish up front. We should have finished up front if it wasn't for uh, the wrong strategy call that we that we made and which honestly was really, really hard to call which one was going to be the right one. But we just, we, we went towards the wrong way. And, uh, but the pace was there, which is the important thing. So we're going to go back there and uh, challenge. And then a couple of weeks ago at Detroit, it was announced that Alexander Rossi is going to be your teammate beginning in 2023. Uh, what's it going to be like having him as a running mate? And are the two of you going to kind of be partners in crime in some ways with some of the hijinks that go on in the driver owner motorhome locks i think oh, yeah, you I don't enjoy prank a good people, so i hope he doesn't choose to prank me um, <laughs> but yeah no i think it's great that we're adding a third car to the to the team it's going to be important for uh for the efficiency of changes during the weekend and just really finding a way of of uh, of creating a stronger and better package for all of us to drive but you have a very good social media presence and i think he is learning a little bit on that so you know, to have a guy that's going to connect to that side of the fandom, how important is that going to be? Well, your TikTok videos and all that. Oh, yeah. Pretty, yes. Poor old Rossi almost spat out his coffee when I asked him who was better, Andretti or McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> what was his answer? Uh, he didn't choose to answer. <laughs> he just spat out his coffee. He almost choked on it. Well, that's copping out. But, hey, anyway, Pato, good luck the rest of the season. Good luck in the battle for the championship. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank our guests, including Sancio Grand Prix at Road America race winner Joseph Newgarden, Chip Ganassi racing drivers Alex Blow and Marcus Erickson, Ed Carpenter racing driver Renus VK, and Errol McLaren SP driver Pato Award for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.